right, welcome on into the show. My name is Danny Gallagher, and I'm joined by the Snare Campaign Provocateur. And every time we get together, it's like a great conjunction between Saturn and Jupiter. It's Benny Horowitz. Going planetary today. That's right, because huh? we have a... So we have, as we record this, you know, you guys will hear this on Tuesday, but there is a great combination where Jupiter and Saturn are next to each other, and it's like this great light in the sky. So I like to think that's what we are to the tune-up audience, a great light in the sky. (laughs) So I'm assuming who's Jupiter, who's Saturn in this equation? Uh, I'll I'll take take Jupiter because you're Saturn and you've probably got rings. I do got rings, (laughs) but I do also have a very large storm inside oh yeah there we go (laughs) (laughs) so what do you think about that i like that i like that hey man whichever one you want i'll I'll just take the opposite it's been that kind of day i did learn from my son today that it is the winter solstice that's right this is is what they do in their school uh in hippie hippie nature school they learn about the winter solstice each and every week we warm up with your favorite segment our favorite segment it's time for this day in music history so on this day 1976 isaac hayes one of my spirit animals through life after classics like shaft and the album hot buttered soul which i still listen to all the time declared for bankruptcy Mm. how did this happen apparently he found himself in debt to union planters bank which administered the loans for his music label Stax. So he left Stax in 1974, but both of them declared bankruptcy by 1976. Apparently he owed more than $6 million when he was forced to file for bankruptcy. In turn, Hayes, uh, he lost his home, much of his personal property, and the rights to all future royalties earned from the music he had written, performed, and produced. Oh, boy. Fucking gnarly, huh? Yeah. And then Isaac went on to have three divorces, figured himself out, got in shape. The one thing about this story I never realized was how much being chef from South Park, (laughs) Demi saved his career in a lot of ways, at least monetarily. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where he, he was back on the music map. But he wasn't really back on the cultural map as much, you yeah. know. Huh. So it was definitely a big deal. Probably opened uh, a lot of people's eyes to that. But can you believe that? That means every great Isaac Hayes song, Shaft, all these things that came straight out of his brain. Someone else who who do you think's collecting on Isaac Hayes songs right now? Scooter Braun. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. That was his first his first domino to fall. But. I did. Uh, I got to go to the Stax Museum in Memphis once. Oh, nice! And the highlight to me of the Stax Museum was Isaac Hayes' car. I forget off the top of my head. I forget if it was like a Cadillac or a Lincoln, but it was one of those big old beautiful boats. It was. It was white. It was on a spinning circle going around <laughs> the room, and guess what it had. It was fur lined. Oh, let's go. The entire car fur lined. In honor of Isaac like, Hayes. Look at this. Come on. <laughs> Talk about hot buttered soul. Uh, I mean, maybe it's why he went bankrupt. <laughs> but the car is cool as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Well, Benny, I got a twofer on this one. We've had some notable deaths on this day in music history. Both Joe Strummer and Joe Cocker died the same day. Whoa. Is that right? Same day, December 22nd. <laughs> 
Yeah. Unfortunate, but I mean, we've talked, you know, we've talked a lot about Strummer, obviously, when we did the bracket challenge, but Joe Cocker, you know, the, the, the great documentary on HBO about him. Um, Joe Cocker lived especially hard. Anytime I think of Joe Cocker, I think of the John Belushi um, and, oh, right. and like his Spoof. like imitation fantasy. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, just a just kind of a tragic day. I, I I didn't really really want to get into that, but just like random day for the Joes. Yeah, random yeah, day yeah. for the Joes. Real happy one, Denny. We were <laughs> Joe Strummer just came up the other day in the conversation of like, I asked somebody, I'm like, give me an example of someone whose main band stopped and they their career actually went away that you you thought was cool mm. and joe strummer and the records he made with the mescaleros were were one of those uh, highlights of someone who actually managed to make themselves uh, relevant and cool again long after uh the main thing was dead so you got to give strummer credit for that too yeah all right benny first headline today and, you know, I really am starting to get concerned about the way this podcast is going. You know, we last week we talked a lot about conspiracy theories and stuff like that. This week, we, we the internet comes right off of your touchscreen and your timeline and into your ears. We want to talk about a new trend sweeping the world, and these are nussies. Uh, yes. People out here getting sexually on. turned on by COVID tests and people getting their COVID tests done. Now, I just want to go on the record here of saying, you know, I can see it. And I can see it from the stem where, have you ever done one of those Zycam things and you like twirl it around and you get, uh, yeah. you know, the, the, uh, all of those good minerals so to keep you <laughs> from getting sick? I'm not saying you feel something below the waist, but, you know, you feel something for a, a hot second. I could see, you know, if the 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 further it goes toward your brain, I could see, I could see where a certain variation of person would be like, give it to me. Sure. Well, let's backtrack first. Yes, please. And I explain to people what a nussy is, okay? Because this is the thing where I was enlightened to a whole new world here, and this is <laughs> one of the reasons I like the tune-up and doing the tune-up because it keeps me contemporary. You know, <laughs> keeps me hip to what the kids are doing. So what I learned today is that the phrase bussy has been around oh, for yeah. a while, which I didn't know about I'm sorry. either, yeah. which is a conglomeration of pussy and butt, meaning bussy. I guess it's, yeah. I don't know in what community it began. Oh, You can, you I know, can. Let, let it run wild because anal sex is not just for one community. And uh, so that's how it started. And then people started making some jokes about the nussy, <laughs> the nose pussy. Yeah. Am I allowed to say yeah, yeah, that yeah. word still? Okay. Um, and <laughs> so first off, my hat's off to young children and their ingenuity because I'll take a new word. Like, it's not easy getting a new word into Webster's <laughs> every year. And I think within a year or two, this one's going to make it. Yeah. Now, the thing that I'm certain about, Denny, and I love when you get sexual because I see... <laughs> You see how red you get in the face. I mean, you got to listen to more Isaac Hayes. I love it. But the one thing about this is people will fetishize anything. Anything. There is a community of people freaking about some weird stuff everywhere. There's people who need to lick rocks. There's people who need to like step on kittens to come. 
There's people who need to. Uh, Are all of these metaphors? I, I mean, listen, I read all of them on the internet. I'll even give you this example, okay? Yeah. There was a guy in Raritan, New Jersey, when I was in high school, called Mr. Feets. Okay. Okay? Mr. Feets would pay girls to come into his apartment, take their shoes and socks off. He would just get a visual. He didn't do anything. He asked them to leave. And that was it. And a bunch of people I know made money for Mr. Feets. You got to imagine he took this mental Rolodex back to the apartment and did something with it later. But basically, the depravity of the human spirit can go so low, Denny. So low. So the idea that you do something 10, 12, 15 times that goes inside of your body and kind of has this, uh, ooh, ah. Ooh. You know, what is that? Ooh. What is yeah. that feeling? You know, and I saw someone describe it like the feeling you get when you uh, eat something really hot and it clears up the back of your sinuses mm. or something like that. So I could see where you actually would have some sort of physiological response up there that's uncommon. Yeah. And that would probably make you feel some kind of way eventually, especially when you're not scared of it anymore. So I'm all about this. I think it's fucking great. I think the idea that there's those ASMR videos to it, too, where, you know, like people are on YouTube getting real close. (laughs) Like it's like virtual, almost medical porn. And I'm here for it. So so I do think it exists. And I really, truly like in all the horrible things that have happened in 2020 for people, I find it fascinating and really rewarding for yeah. some reason that we found this. I want to know who you think some of these groups' sexual icons are. Because mm. imagine if it's like Dr. Fauci is like their like sexual guy. Like well, he's look- not really administering the test. My first thought is that they would take like a TV doctor they like, you know, like Dr. Gray mm. or House or George Clooney, know, depending on what you're including. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think they're gonna take. If I was to have one. Oh, I would take Eric LaSalle from ER. Okay, <laughs> that'd be mine. I want that voice. Oh, um, yeah. But I do think people definitely fetishize their favorite, uh, their favorite TV doctors. Did I ever tell you that time I opened the door on House? No, no, no. It happened. He was he was on one of those late night shows we were on, and I said one of the dumbest things I've ever said to a celebrity, which was he was walk. You know, the band goes late in the program. Mm-hmm. he's walking down the hall. I'm walking past. There's no one else around. I look, he doesn't know who I am. And I say, hey, great job. And his reaction was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> like, think. who the fuck are you, guy? <laughs> I'm house. I know I just did a great job on fucking Letterman. <laughs> like, you crazy? Oh, shout he out looked to at you, me like, and, and I walked like three steps later. I'm like, great job. What did I just say to house? That was bad. <laughs> Danny, yeah. did you know that the Community Food Bank of New Jersey needs our help this year? Hmm. Because of the COVID-19 pandemic, they're on track to distribute food for over 80 million meals this year. 66 million meals last year, 80 million meals this year. Uh, every $10 you donate to the Community Food Bank of New Jersey provides 30 nutritious meals. Only $10 provides 30 nutritious wow. meals, enough to feed your neighbor and enough to feed them for a full day. We have a donation link. It's cfbnj.org 
backslash the tune-up 2020. You can go there, give anything you can. And uh, these people are professionals and they know how to stretch this money farther than you do. So give them a couple bucks and they know how to, how to make the best of it. Denny, are you going to give this year? Oh, of course. Benny, like you said, these people have been doing this for 45 years. That's incredible. That's quite the career. That's almost as long as Tom Brady has been playing football. <laughs> and 22% of everything that they give out is fresh produce. So just unbelievable. It's healthy. It's helping people. What else could you do this holiday season? Especially today, it's Giving Tuesday. Happy holiday to everybody. Go to the link below, CF bnj.org slash the tune up 2020 and help some people out yeah skip skip out on tuesday night's night uh, white claws <laughs> and, gi- and give us the money okay all right benny we have officially reached the basketball portion of the program and before we get it you know the season tips off tonight there's some business to attend to before we get into any of that and there have been calls for Pistons owner Tom Gores to cut ties with a controversial prison phone company days before the basketball season starts. This kind of a NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, took out a full page ad in the Sunday New York Times. Essentially, Gores' private equity firm has invested uh, in companies that operate in correctional facilities and profit off of mass incarceration. Now, I think that this is a tremendous step for the NBA, but also... I am for, you know, suggesting that he divest from this for the social good and, and all that stuff. But is are we really going to come at him and be like, you can't own a team because of this? Now, I get it. It's morally, you can't defend the choice to profit off of mass incarceration, but sell the team? That seems a, like a bridge too far. You can penalize him, but is this really worth him losing the Detroit Pistons because he's profiting off of mass incarceration. That's the kind of decision that Adam Silver is going to have to make. Well, I mean, but so here's the thing is like, can they penalize him? Because is he actually technically doing anything illegal? Probably not. Right. I think the thing that this call was was bringing out to is coming much more from like a moral standpoint, which Mm. is like, this is the type of person, if you just spent a year representing social justice i don't live in detroit but i can imagine there were a lot of things the pistons and the organization and thing like that did to support black lives matter and when you find out that somebody uh you know owning a team is that heavily involved in something like that uh, i can understand the calls but i don't think it's adam silver's uh fight i don't know if he has any hand in the fight to actually do anything besides for strongly push this person to divest from it or take the money. And I think he's already said that he would divest from it and put the money into, um, you know, more equitable things. Now, I, I think this, this goes to like a bigger, um, a, a, a bigger point, which is it's not only mass incarceration. It's the idea that you're sending people out to work, right? Mm. Building office cubicles, cleaning streets, cleaning roads for like 13, 14 cents an hour, which is literally what they pay people when they do it. And then I knew nothing about this. I've never been in prison, but, you know, to apparently charge 14, $15 for one minute of calling to get out of the prison. I mean, 
when you talk to people about this, and I just did an interview with the singer from the band Nothing who did a couple years and he was talking about some of this, is it's designed to circulate. It's designed to keep people in there. It's designed to keep people down. So I think it's very important that this got outed. I have a feeling that the people who outed it their directive was more for exposure and to force this man and to force the pistons and to even force like um, insight into a problem that's people like me and you probably didn't even know existed mm. till two days ago. Yeah. I didn't know this was a huge problem. So taking out full page ads and bringing awareness to an issue like that, I'm 100% for it. I don't know if the calls for him to, to be out of the league and to leave the team are going to happen or even real. Yeah. But sometimes you got to put that kind of messaging behind it to give it that severity and to make people like me and you talk about it on a podcast. Right. So I think uh, that's the importance of it. I think it raised an incredible amount of awareness to something that people like me and you probably didn't know anything about. All right. So now we can finally get back to something we actually know a little bit about. Let's go on the court. Tonight, the NBA is back. We said it before. We're going to say it again. We have Clippers, Lakers tonight. Lakers get their rings in front of the Clippers. Oh, God, I cannot wait for that. <laughs> A couple guys have switched teams. Harold's over there. Wes Matthews now with the Lakers. But I want to bring the attention to the Clippers for a little bit. Ty Lue's first game as head of the Clippers going up against his old player, LeBron James. And reports out of the LA Times this past week indicate that Ty Lue is interested in bringing a majority of the triangle offense to the Clippers. I really <laughs> like this for them. It can really open up your swingmen like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. The only thing here that I think would be a slight problem with the Clippers trying to run the triangle is the fact that they have decent point guard play. Enough to get by, I guess you you get a Pat Beverly in that Derek Fisher kind of role. Um, but the the center play is really lacking for them. I I think if they would have landed Marcus Saul, that would have been perfect. He's a cerebral guy, uh, puts the ball exactly where it, it, it needs to be, always has great floor vision. I don't think Serge Ibaka gives you that. But yeah, what do you make of Ty Lue and the Clippers trying to reinvent the wheel and bring the triangle offense into 2020? I mean, I like the logic. Yeah. You know, the logic is that Kawhi modeled his game after Michael Jordan, modeled his game after Kobe Bryant, a couple people who have had success in the triangle. I know Kobe uh, always had a, you know, either um, Shaq or Pau Gasol throughout his career, but the Jordan Bulls didn't necessarily run that kind of triangle. Mm. And uh, I think more of the focus of the triangle in this aspect, and I think Ty Lue even said it would be to basically make Kawhi Leonard, you know, the main decision maker without being the point guard. Yeah. You know, you put him on a place on the floor where he can sort of control the offense without bringing the ball up the court. And I think that's the thing that Ty Lue uh, would do. I think Ty Lue is in a hell of a situation where he has to do something. Yeah. And because now this is, there's a lot at play here. Paul George resigns, mm -hmm. right? Luke Kennard resigns today for $64 million. Yeah. Marcus Morris signed for an insane amount of money that he didn't deserve. <laughs> and what does Kawhi Leonard do one day after they announce the, uh, the triangle in L.A.? Kawhi Leonard says it's his best decision for him 
to likely decline next year's player <laughs> option. And I quote, just for my situation right now, I'm focused on this season. Not saying I'm going anywhere else oh. or staying here, but I'm just focused on the season. So literally, like, I mean, is Kawhi the guy who says nothing but says everything? Because he came out literally a day after and, and turned down this deal and basically put the Clippers on their heels. I don't know if there's a coach in the league who's in a harder situation than Ty Lue right now. This is a team that is 1,000% we win right now. Yeah. Not only economically, but also the biggest star that was a coup for this team to even get is one foot out the door. <laughs> and especially, I mean, you're looking at a guy who wins championships and fucking leave. Yeah. You know, there's no precedence for this guy. Like, he already did it once. Yeah. So I think uh, that is a funky situation over in L.A. I like the fact that they brought Serge Ibaka in, but I, I don't know, man. I, I just seems rife with problems. Yeah. I, I, it's, you know, it's a situation. It's easy to get uh, a different perspective in the last six to nine months than we had. I mean, me and you sat here one year ago, I was very high both definitively that. saying the Clippers are the best team in the NBA. Now that you put all these players together, and they're not all that much different than they were then before the bubble. And, you know, they look good at times and mm. they still might be. But this team is, uh, I think they're in trouble if you ask me. You know, I think that that's a very easy approach to take. And I and I really want to go in, um, like, like slam them, all that stuff. But let's see how Ty Lu goes about this. You know, I think that this is a and you're you're exactly right bringing Ty Lu up here. Uh he needs to do something different. This isn't LeBron James and you're in the Eastern Conference. Ty Lu has to do a lot of the legwork here, uh really putting this team in a position each and every night. I don't think that you're going to see Kawhi and Paul George rest as much even though Kawhi is a different kind of guy like like you mentioned I think the grace period of Kawhi getting to do whatever he wants is over. And I don't think it comes from Ty Lue. I think it mm. comes from Steve Ballmer upstairs. He's like, all right, if you're going to play this way, I mean, you got to remember, like Steve Ballmer is the kind of guy who would not take Kawhi leaving and he uh, mortgaged the future of his franchise. He's not going to take that very well, um, especially if Kawhi starts playing those games. I'm going to guess Kawhi and Giannis may think more like than we would think. So the just focusing on basketball part is is 100% agent speak. So I would not be surprised if he re-upped that at the season's end. But for a guy like that, it's 100% the right decision to be like, you know what, let's see where we are at the end of the season. Because I guarantee the difference of what we're talking about with the Clippers right now between now and the end of the se season is going to be night and day. I, I I truly expect them to be in the Western Conference Finals. They may not win because the Lakers are clearly better, as we've said. But also, if modern history has taught us anything, it's that these early season predictions, you know, a lot can happen. Well, get me to the next segment because <laughs> I got something to say about that. Wrapping up here. We have prediction time. Last year, Benny showed up. Los Angeles Lakers touting it from the beginning of the season all the way through a pandemic to a bubble, and he ended up being correct. 
I got neither of my teams in the conference final, and you know what? That that's just fine. I think I carried a little bit too much of my heart on my sleeve last year. So now that I'm a year <laughs> older and 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 a year jaded, let's try to be uh, more objective about this. But Benny, predictions. I want your two teams in the NBA Finals, and I want your MVP for the season. Two teams. We're going straight. Two teams in the NBA. I finals. mean, you can okay. However, you want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's go east to west first. Okay. okay? Yeah. So I need each of us to give a hot take for each conference. Okay. Okay. We're in the Eastern Conference. Here's my hot take, and here's the thing I'm certain about: the Washington Wizards mm-hmm. will be in the playoffs next season. I mean, I don't think that's the Orlando much. Magic will be out of the playoffs next season. This is my hot take for the Eastern Conference. Here's the whiz, okay? The thing I don't Nobody understand about this situation is when do you put two top 25 players on the same team in the Eastern Conference and they're not a walk into the playoffs? When there is a bad institutional structure and it well, falls apart. But there used to be bad institutional structure. Yeah. But when you're looking at a core now... You know, you you have Russell Westbrook, you have Bradley Beal, you brought in Robin Lopez to anchor down low. You got Wagner who can shoot. You got uh, the new kid who can shoot, Avija. Yeah, I'm not gonna pronounce That's that correctly. Okay. Just call him Denny. Hey, yeah, Denny, of course. <laughs> uh, I like a second year out of Rui. Oh, I yeah. like uh, uh, another year out of Troy Brown, who I think is a pretty good player. Um, I just think like they have more than good enough of a lineup to get through, you know, the middling teams in the East and definitely get themselves in. Now, as much as I hate to do this, Boston's a little thin. Kemba Walker's hurt. They lost some bigs. Toronto's a little worse and a little older. Philly, I love up top, but I hate their depth. I'm sorry. The Eastern Conference is the Nets to lose. Yeah. And right now, I, as much as I'm trying not to have just like wild optimism about my own team and be grounded and not put too much focus on the preseason where they looked very good, I can't see a reason. This team is stacked one through 10. We got players everywhere. And every team I see in the East either stayed the same or got a little bit worse. So I'm picking the Nets to come out of the East. Okay, I like that. And then how about out West? Now, out West, my hot take is this. Yeah. New Orleans is in. Okay. Your Golden State Warriors are out. I mean... I don't think they make the playoffs this year. Hmm. I don't like what's going on over there. I don't like the roster construction. The only thing that's going to save it is already Draymond and Steph Curry are talking about James Wiseman. Uh, as like a young David Robinson, hmm. you know, they're really going pretty heavy in on him. I love that narrative. So, <laughs> you know, if that guy actually gets out there and plays 60 games, who knows? But I don't like the way they look. And uh, I do like the way New Orleans looks with Stan Van. I know a lot of people were talking about the metrics. They're like, oh, I hate the metrics of uh, uh, Zion Williamson and Steven Adams paired down low. I don't give a shit. I'm an 80s bully ball basketball fan, and I am dying to watch those two beat the fuck out of people down low all season and get every offensive reason uh, rebound around. So I like uh, I like that as my hot take. And then 
I, I got to run it back. I have no reason to not. The Lakers are still there. They're still good. Uh, Anthony Davis is is uh, slowly, month by month, you know, taking the mantle of that being his team. LeBron is starting to say some funny things in interviews about when people ask about his age, and he's like, oh, that's why I got AD now. Yeah. And they went all the way through. To me, they got a little bit better. Most of the teams that are their competitors maybe got a little bit worse. So I'm still running with the Lakers through the West. But the thing I think about the Clippers, I think they got holes, and I think they're soft, and I think we're going to see one of the Denver Nuggets or the Utah Jazz in the conference finals against the Lakers. I think the Nuggets take the Lakers to seven this year. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I really don't want to agree with you, so I'll give you my hot take in the Eastern Conference first. I think Doc Rivers ends up being coach of the year, and I'm not just saying that because uh-huh. he's he, he's he's a Marquette guy. Doc has coached superstars really well. He speaks the language, and I think Joel Embiid needs someone that he actually respects to play for, and a front office that he respects that he feels is putting himself in position. Um, you know, I think the Sixers are going to be interesting this year. I really do. Um, do I think they're top of the Eastern Conference? No, but you never know. I think the Miami Heat take a big drop off this year. I've never been more uncertain about a Buck season in my life. I think, you know, you're watching the preseason, you're like, this isn't going to work. But I also feel like this team is just going to need a little bit of, of, of time to gel. So I'm 100% with you. They're not the best team in, in the Eastern Conference. With that said, now let me address your nets. I'm not sure... <laughs> I love Kevin Durant. You know, like probably outside of Giannis, Katie's like my favorite player. I just love He's your guy. Love his game. It's gonna be so funky all year. And I think, you know, Kevin Durant hasn't exactly handled the noise well in in San Francisco, which is for all intents and purposes, an easy town to play in. He couldn't even really handle the noise in Oklahoma City when things got crazy. You're meaning to tell me he's gonna make it all the way through a season in with the New York media and all of that stuff. On paper, the Nets look great. They're mm-hmm. everything you want. I watched those preseason games. We we were texting about it. I loved everything <laughs> I saw. I just don't know. If they can keep it up, at some point, Kevin Durant's going to get pissed with Kyrie Irving. I just know that this is going to happen this year. So everything in my heart is telling me, let's go, Brooklyn. But I honestly think they may finish third. And I think, honestly, I think this may be the Brad Stevens redeem tour. He has his three guys, somehow figures it out. And I could easily see a situation where we finally get the Lakers-Boston NBA Finals that we wanted. I mean, I think it would be fun to see. I, I'm having a hard time seeing it with Boston this yeah. season. I really am. I think they're one of the uh, great sufferers of let's uh, stockpile too many assets yeah, and let's let too many people walk out of here. And then all of a sudden, we need Romeo Langford to be a good player. Yeah. We need Robert Williams to be a good player. They haven't picked high in the draft at all. They haven't used their assets well, and I think they've put themselves into a little bit of trouble. But like you said, um, Jason Tatum is a uh, um, if you know potentially you know top yeah. ten player in the league uh, on both sides of the floor. 
Brad Stevens is a great coach. I could see them putting some together and also using some of those assets to bring somebody else in. So, you know, I, I couldn't put it past Boston. The, the East is pretty yeah. open. I mean, if you, if you, by the end of the season, you told me Boston, Philly, Nets, I, I, I could see any of them. I should have made the caveat with this whole pick that what is required, and I, based off of what we've seen from them, it's going to require Tatum and Brown to take that jump that I think that they're capable of. And I think Brad Stevens is the right guy to help them take that jump. I can't believe that I'm writing off the Nets and the Bucks, but you know maybe I'm. Oh my like, God, we haven't even talked about the Bucks. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. I'm trying to get on the Bryn Forbes train as as much as possible. But real quick, I just want to do picks for MVP. Hate to be the Debbie Downer on the Bucks again. I would love to see Giannis become the first guy to win MVP three straight straight time since Larry Bird. I don't think that's going to happen. Honestly, I think it's all been decided. It's it's Lucas to lose. The media loves him. And at the end of the day, that's who votes for it. If he puts up better numbers than he did last year, it's his. Because the media loves to build somebody up. And this is the ultimate. We're building up Luca until he can't win a championship. And then we're going to want him to move to a bigger market. Yeah, I, I my my thoughts are leaning the same way. I think Luca is just going to be so high volume that his numbers are going to probably be pretty incomparable to other people. But uh, I do think that if the Mavs, for some reason, took a few steps back and finished below a five seed or a six seed, uh, I start to like uh, Anthony Davis if that happens. Yeah. But but I'm with you for now that I, I do think it's Luka. Oh, my God, I feel remiss <laughs> that we didn't talk about the Bucks in the Eastern Conference. Okay. They're still right there. <laughs> it's the team that won the East last year. With an addition of Drew Holiday, um, I don't know. They could still be right there. I don't even know why they weren't in my notes. You know what? <laughs> Fuck trying to be objective about this. I'm on the holiday train. I'm like Madonna in the 80s. Holiday. We're bringing Giannis. We're bringing Chris Middleton. Big three. Eh, medium-sized three. You know, the Bucks have owned Kyrie Irving in the playoffs. It's going to mm. happen again. We're going. <laughs> Lakers, Bucks, the revenge for Kareem. Let's go. Sayonara. <laughs> All right, so you're off the Celtics now. <laughs> you remembered the Bucks. Why not? Just... You know, you get to the bottle of wine and everything looks yeah. a little bit more vino and uh, yeah. All right, plenty of ways to get in contact with the show. You can email us at the tuneuppodcast at gmail.com. Two P's in there. Don't forget it. Last week to donate to our holiday drive for the Community Food Bank of New Jersey, visit cfbnj.org slash the tune-up 2020 guys we've already raised close to 350 meals this is absolutely insane your generosity has been so awesome to see thank you very much so touched if you want to see all all of our content hit up the tune-up hq on twitter and instagram videos all that stuff right there one-stop shop if you want to follow the big man he is at benny horowitz one number one in your mind number one in, in your heart number one on twitter i am at denny underscore gallagher Benny, you got anything else? Bring on the hoops. Let's just hope that uh, COVID doesn't derail us too much and we, we get a good, good, healthy 72 games. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for it. I need my hoops. I need my hoops. <laughs> Shout out Ron Harper Jr. You've been listening oh. to The Tune-Up. <laughs>